0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, January 5th, 2018, and today we're reading from the big book. We're on page 12 of Bill's story, starting with the fifth paragraph, thus I was convinced, reading through two paragraphs, ending with how blind I had been, and commenting on both paragraphs. Today's readers are... Kathy R. for the 12 steps, Sherry KB for the 12 traditions, Jody EQ, Mary H, and Marie J. The reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for Thursday, January 4th, is 10885. That's 10,885. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting for Friday, January 5th is 10888, that's 10,888. DOA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy R. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy R. I'm in Florida recovering from compulsive overeating. Grateful for the opportunity to do some service. Here are the 12 steps to our recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 4 made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5 admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number 7 humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8 made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and have a good day.
0: Thank you very much, Kathy R. And
2: I will now ask Sherry
0: K.B. to please read the 12
2: Traditions. Good
0: morning, Elaine. Good
2: morning, everybody. Sherry K.B. in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive O-Reader, the 12 Traditions of O-Readers Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon O-A unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for O-A membership is Hence, the O.A. name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service.
0: For moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. On page 12 of Bill's story, starting with the fifth paragraph and reading through two paragraphs. I will now ask Jody EQ to please begin reading.
3: Thank you, Elaine, for your service. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, bulimic, and anorexic in California. <clears throat> Thus was I convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want Him enough. At long last, I saw, I felt, I believed. Scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. A new world came into view. The real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me. And he came. But soon, the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And so it had been ever since. How blind I had been. Ah, so I can really relate to this. I, like, unlike Bill, I believed in God. I accepted my childhood religion and faith. However, I didn't need or want him enough until I finally was brought to my knees by my compulsive overeating bulimia and anorexia in my late 20s. So like Bill, I needed him. I needed to need him. And finally, I did see and feel and believe. Bill had an experience in the Winchester Cathedral, which he mentions at the beginning of his story. Briefly, he mentions it. All he says is, I visited Winchester Cathedral. Much moved, I wandered outside. My attention was caught by a dog roll, which we know. Ominous warning, which I failed to he- heed. When I read this, I don't, he says he was much moved, but I don't really understand the extent to what he was, which he was moved until I read this paragraph. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. So it was a real spiritual experience that he had back then. I had my own Winchester Cathedral experience at about the age of 14, but it wasn't the cathedral. It was nature. I was sitting by the sea watching the sunset, and suddenly I started to cry, and a voice came to me. And the voice said, Jodi, follow your heart. (laughs) And I didn't know the significance of that. Uh, And I just sort of dismissed it. And then it wasn't until I came to my knees with this disease and started working these steps that I came to understand the significance of that experience because I proceeded after that experience to not follow my heart. And that also brought me to my knees. So perhaps you have a Winchester Cathedral experience in your past, a spiritual experience where God came to you when you needed him, but then it was blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within yourself. I can certainly relate to that. The worldly clamors within me were, how can Jody get what Jody thinks she wants and needs in life? Those were my worldly clamors, and it blotted out my higher power. So grateful that I found these rooms and all of you, and with that, I passed.
0: Thank you very much, Jody E.Q., who would like to comment on these two paragraphs. Millie D, Melissa
4: Millie C, D. Julie Marie J. J.
0: I heard Julie and Marie.
4: Did you hear Melissa C?
0: I did, Melissa C. Thank you. Thank you. Roz, Thank you. Roz, Millie D, Roz G. I got you, Millie D. I got you, Roz G. One more. Terry C, Paula D. Terry C and Paula D. Let's stop with that, please. So I have. Um, Melly D, Melissa C, Julie, I believe it's R, Marie J, Roz G, Terry C, and Paula D. What a great lineup! Melly, please go ahead. You'll follow, be followed by Melissa C. Okay, am I still unmuted? Can you hear me? Yes, you are. I hear you just fine. Thank you. Okay, great. Um, yes, I I had
5: a vital spiritual experience that brought me back into this program, and so. What it was was I actually saw the words O.A. written on the curb when I had called out to God to please help me because I couldn't take it anymore and to please show me a way. And <clears throat> I had been in O.A. before and left because I didn't like doing the work. Anyway, all of that said, um, I was convinced that God had concerned, was concerned with me. I had a personal God for myself. At long last, I saw and I felt I believed. And those scales of pride and prejudice did fall from my eyes, and a new world came into view, and I came back to OA as soon as I could get here. I, um, I have been so humbled by that experience that... As the years went by, that was in 2002, early 2002, and as the, as the, the world went by and I stayed absent I lost my weight, I was maintaining my weight, all of a sudden I had all these worldly clamors. I had little things come in before, but I had huge things. Both of my sisters died in nine months. I was diagnosed with a, with a rare spinal disorder that has left me handicapped. All of this happened in like nine months. And I was full of fear, full of fear, and how blind I had, uh, had come all of a sudden to trust in God. And I knew the answers were in this book. I picked up this book, and I went to the, to the, oh, to We Agnostics, and read the bedevilments. And I was, I was all of those things that the bedevilments were saying. And I read the next paragraph that said, but we saw that people of faith had overcome these things, I'm paraphrasing that. And so I called someone in program that I knew that had a lot of physical ailments like myself, and he said, Millie, you're, you're dieting with group support. You need to work the steps, and you need to do it quickly. And so um, he helped me do the steps quickly and turned me on to the vision meeting, which I had been doing, and this is helping me so much. I now know that God has a plan for me and I don't know what it is that I get to live this program to the best of my ability. I'm not dead. I can still walk. I need aid. I have to use a walker, but I can still work. I can still do these things that, that, and take care of myself and I can still help others, which is the thing that helps me more than anything else. I can reach out. I can, I can do the things that work for me. If I didn't have this book, and the step-by-step directions in it, I don't know what I'd do. If I didn't have the fellowship and the people that support me and love me in this fellowship, I don't know what I would do. So I am eternally grateful. And um, I just, thank you very much. I'm gonna close with that. I'm, I'm eternally grateful for this program and for this meeting. I love it very much. Happy New
0: Year, I pass. Thank you very much, Melody. Melissa C followed by Julie, perhaps M, I think it might be
4: hi, hi, good morning. It's Melissa C recovered compulsive overeater in New York and if you can time me because I cannot see my timer right now, I would appreciate it. Um, you know i I think like that this really is a process this and and for some people, it happens quick it's like you you. See it, you conceal it, you believe it. It's, it's, but you know um, that was not the case for me. And yet, I did have moments when God really was there for me, but I didn't, I didn't see it. You know, I, I, I didn't take it in fully. And you know, I've shared before that, um, you know, I, I suffered a very. Very painful loss. We lost a, a, an infant child. And, you know, when I think back on that moment, I really did have God with me then. Although I cursed God, um, I was given this weird numbness when it happened. And and I realize now, years out from this, that that really was God. God gave me this blanket. God gave me this pillow. And it was too painful for me. And so I was given the gift of numb. You know, shock can be a gift. And then the worldly clamor set in. And so when I kind of came to from it, I returned both force into the food because that's all I had. And I saw all the things around me that I believed I should be doing. That was the worldly clamors. It was the, the agenda. My daily, you know, I had to get back to work. I had to get involved in all the nonsense rather than just um, work slowly. You know, God gave me this kind of slow (laughs) awakening, but I chose to rip it off and jump in, and then I was blinded, you know, by all the things that I thought I had to do. And I really did have this profound God moment because after my second child was born, my, my living, second living child, um, The woman in the um, recovery room next to me, I heard, um, it's so painful to recall this, but, you know, now that I'm completely food sober, I can recall these things and know that everything happens for a reason. I heard the doctors giving her horrible news about her newborn child. And and at that moment, um, crazy as it was in her dark moment, I kind of felt – God reminded me that there really is this rhythm to life that makes no sense and that even in my most joyful time there's sadness. Um that's the spirit of life and that we just move on, you know, and so like today, what does that mean as a recovered person today? I can get caught up in the most ridiculous worldly clamors today, getting stuck in traffic, you know, my car needing to be um cleaned off. I can get
0: gentle stuck reminder. In
4: Thank you. I'll just close up. And that, you know, in everything, it's where is God in this and how can I be useful to others? Thank you with
0: us. Thank you very much, Melissa C. Julie, could you please give us the first initial of your last name? And you'll be
6: followed by Marie J. Yes. Good morning. This is Julie M., recovered in Colorado. Um, so I want to... I wanna, talk about where it said there had been a humble willingness to have him with me and he came Um, I have had a journey of not at all believing in God my whole life and um, when I came into program and I realized that the solution was to to believe and to you know take step two um it pretty much devastated me for, for a while. I just, I wanted what everyone had and I didn't think that there would be a way for me to to achieve it. Um, I, I've got sexual trauma from childhood that I, when I, in that moment that I realized, okay, there is a power greater than myself. I felt more left out. I felt like it was easier when I thought there was no God, but when I thought there was a God that let that happen to me, I felt, Less than anything I'd ever felt in my life, and only through having the willingness to um, just just pretend, you know, for for a moment, if nothing else, like that. Okay, I'm gonna just act as if there is a God who loves me. And my sponsor said, "You always had a God." She, I, I couldn't even say the word God for years. You always had a power greater than yourself you just never learned how to connect. And so I have embraced that the whole part of program where it says that we need to seek connection. And, um, that has still been challenging for me. And, um, you know, I really like the part also where it says, but soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. You know, I think about, um, since I have sought a connection, I have felt incredible, incredibly being held by God on numerous occasions. And then there are also times where I, where I go into meditation and I, I seek that connection, and I'm filled with doubt. So I go back and forth, and I. Um, but the, the mostly within myself tells me that, you know, I've gone through incredible worldly clamors really well feeling very connected feeling very held and it's the times when i don't make it through very well that it's it's something within myself it's either some kind of of doubt some kind of you know fear of loneliness or fear of my daughter dying or something um my daughter's an intravenous drug user and so it's the moments that I have doubt and that the promises don't feel alive within me, that's when the connection is the weakest. It's really less about what's happening physically in my world. And I know that when I seek God and when I seek that connection and when I truly feel his presence, I am able to move through any calamity that comes through my life. Uh, and uh, so I'm just so grateful for the program and I'm, I'm grateful for this late meeting. Thank you so much for that. I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. M.
7: Marie J., you're up next, followed by Roz G. Thanks. Good morning. This is Marie J., and I'm recovered in Colorado. Um, You know, today I have an amazing experience with higher power, but it wasn't always that way. And in the early days when I would read this line, God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. Um, I used to get really triggered by that because I didn't really have a relationship with God and my only experience of God was given to me in a religious upbringing and that God that I was given was punishing and I was always bad, I was always wrong, I was never good enough and so that's how I came into program and so the the use of the word God was always a real struggle for me and it took a few years and a lot of hard work to to gain a concept and an experience of God that I could find tolerable. And it took surrendering and asking God to remove these lies that I believed and replace the thoughts with the true experience of God. And then I began to see that the blocks to God existed only in my mind and that his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, and those clamors were in my mind. I was the block. So if you're in that place, with God, perhaps as I did, you can translate um, the, that, that sentence as I needed to do in the early days, and I would say things like freedom is only concerned with us humans when we are not when we uh, want it enough. Love and tolerance are only concerned with us humans when we want them enough, and hope and sorority and recovery are only concerned with our, us humans when we want that enough. The message in the text is that we get these gifts when we have a relationship with higher power. We get the gifts of freedom and love and tolerance. And, and that is higher power, that is God. So when the worldly clamors get in the way, or absent, then I only need to know that it's my mind that's causing that. And my work is to surrender to this higher power and ask for
0: Marie you're kind of cutting in and out a little bit okay I pass oh okay Marie thank you very much for sharing Um, Roz G you're followed by
8: Terry C please go ahead Roz hi this is Roz G I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County Um, I'm so grateful for these past three weeks of being able to attend this meeting every day and I go back to work on Monday, so I'll be listening. <laughs> but I've been able to, to share regularly, and it feels like I have a voice, and I really appreciate that. What I'd like to say is that um, there's a difference between, according to you know, my teachings throughout my, my life, there's a difference between the world, the, the, the human world, and the spiritual world. And um, Overeaters Anonymous has given me access greater access to the spiritual life, even though I was um, you know a, a regular church attender and still am, there was something that was not there. There was a di- disconnect from my um, my like I, the, the vision I 'm getting right now is that da Vinci picture of the the hand of God, that finger, and then the human hand touching the finger. That, that connection touching touching God, where was God, and I learned through prayer and meditation, especially meditation, how to listen to the soft still voice of God and what happens for me is that I have okay one one hour of spirituality and twenty three hours of world so what what these meetings and what prayer and meditation and what the big book have have given given me directions to in the morning wake up and get get contact with the spiritual world with god throughout the day make outreach calls pause when agitated pray when i'm upset resentment dishonesty resentment and fear what do i do when those worldly climbers uh, get to me well i pause And I pray, and I get right back in touch with the spiritual world. And then at night, I go right back, and I have a sponsee that calls me. And I have, you know, a sponsor that I call. So all day long, I have access to the spiritual world through, you know, God with skin. And uh, just, you know, with my, like, end of this share, the other day, I was, um, you know, out there tending to my garden, and I like to listen to talk radio or music or sometimes I listen to a special edition podcasts. And yet the other day I was listening. I got caught up in a a restaurant um, crit- critique, a, a, crit- a critic, a restaurant critic, and she was talking about this new place in L. A. and this new trend in L. A. and all these different foods that they were serving. And I really started to get a little um, uh, salivish, salivate. I was salivating. And then I remembered, oh. I'm a compulsive overeater. Maybe I should be listening to something different. So even things that I listen to, that's another worldly clamor, social media, things like that can get my attention. Um, and Since i got to be aware of that. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you,
0: J. Terry C., you're up next, followed by Paula D. Thank
9: you. Can I be heard? This is Yes, Terry you C. can.
0: Thank, Thank
9: you. you. Thank you, moderator. And I'm so grateful to be on this call, and I, I don't share a lot on the meeting. I, I'm kind of like a sponge most days, and in Bill's story, I've just been uh, elated, elated. That's the best word I can use for just affirming um, this first and second step so far, and I guess the main thing that struck me this morning was when we talk about, when he talks about scales of pride and prejudice falling from his eyes. Um, And he talks about blotting out the worldly clamors mostly within myself. I just go right back to page 61, which has my name written all over it, and I realize I suffered from the delusion that I could wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I managed well. And when I read that, I can reflect back on 12 and say, I didn't know how to want God. If you're playing God and you're being God, you don't know how to want God. So um, I realized, like, you know, I just tried to manage everything in my life. I tried to be the higher power. I tried to be the one who was going to make, you know, I was going to get everything perfect at my job, everything perfect in my family, everything perfect for our future, for our children, for whatever. And today, it's such a relief to know, and everything I read, whether it's in this book, or my daily meditations, or frequent contact with my sponsor and other fellows, reliance on God, reliance on God, trust God, clean house, and help others. And when you're playing God, that's not even a concept you can comprehend. And I'm just so grateful today to know that that's the solution. And with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you very much, Terry C. Paula D., you're up next, please.
10: Good morning. This would be Paula D. And, uh, you know, worldly clamors, even on the phone, here I am at a meeting. And what is happening now is the phone rang, someone knocked at the door, and all that here. Um, can I be heard, by the way?
7: Yes,
0: Paula, we hear you. Paula? We do hear you.
10: Whoa, that was a mess. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, what wonderful examples of, I'm getting here. This is Paula D., currently in Florida. And, uh, you know, as we read this and as I read it, I can so live each line. But that part, it was only a matter of being willing. Well, I thought I was willing. You see, I had willpower. And I'm going to tell you, I always had will power. I won't do that again. I won't do that again, and then it said here, Want when we want him enough And you know it's clear in the first page. look at what comes together when he went to Winchester Cathedral. What did he do? He felt he felt something, and he wandered away, and he wandered outside. Well, you see, this is something that is happening inside. And I wander outside to the circumstances in my life. Those were the clamors. Those were the clamors. And we say here, in what it says, for a brief moment, in this part I want to cling to, I had needed and wanted. Well, the thing was, God was always there. I had just come to a place when I realized that. And then he said, and he came. He always.
0: Paula, we're not hearing you right now. Paula D?
10: Oh, my. We're having a hard time with this.
0: And this <laughs> you have another minute.
10: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll take that last minute and close up here. I guess we could all see by this phone line. What happened? What happened? The worldly clamors. But i got to tell you, do you believe that God isn't here with me now? I believe with everything within me that he is here with me now. With the worldly clamors, he is still continues to be here. And so it had been ever since how blind I had been to know that, to know that, to live the steps. Wanting isn't enough, truly. It must be want to do the work, and I do, and I did. And now the clamors settle down as the skills and pride and prejudice Fell from my eyes. You can't see with them. You can give it a shot, but you see distorted. Today I see clearly. I thank you, and I'm sorry for all the clamors. (laughs) And with that, I do pass, and a happy new year to all.
0: Literal clamors. Thank you, Apology. Thanks for your share. So, for those of you who joined us a little later, we're on page 12 of Bill's story, and we're reading the fifth paragraph, starting with Thus I Was Convinced, through two paragraphs ending with how blind I had been, and we're commenting on both. Who'd like to comment on those two paragraphs today? Carrie, K. Sherry KB? Carrie K? Is that Carrie K? Okay, I heard Mimi, Terry K, and Sherry KB. Anybody else? We have time for Leslie W. Leslie W. That was Carrie K. Carrie K, okay, and one more, please.
3: Okay, let's go with this. Mimi, may
0: I have? Oh, Mary H. Thank you very much. Uh, That's okay. Uh, Mimi, may I have the first initial of your last name? You'll be
11: up first, followed by Carrie K. Yes, good morning. It's actually Mary Jane Z.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so
11: much, Mary Jane Z. You please go ahead. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate your service. This is Mary Jane Z from Kentucky, a recovered compulsive eater. And um, I haven't shared very often on the line, but my sponsor has strongly suggested that I try to share every day. So here I go. Um, I have had many. Winchester Cathedral experiences throughout my life. Um, But then I forgot them because like Bill says, the worldly clamors came in, but then I would have them again. And I I think all through my life, I thought I was doing God's will a lot. I I thought my, my role in life was to fix, manage and control everyone in my life because I knew what God wanted everyone to do. And, um, It wasn't until I really became aware that uh, my eating behaviors were not like everyone else's and came into the rooms that I realized that I was in such resentment and fear and I was shoveling food in my mouth because of what it says in this book. And then I was able to put the food down and really have an experience of letting God in my life with the first three steps and finishing the rest of the steps. And what it says in the paragraph before that, I saw that growth could start from that point of willingness. And I, you know, I, I always wanted God in my life and I wanted to do God's will. And I would, thought I was trying to do God's will, but I didn't have a concrete plan of action on how to access god in my life and what i was supposed to do with that power and so working this program and following the directions of someone else and walking in the path of all of you has shown me now i have concrete ways of when i am in self-will or when i'm in fear i know what i need to do and before i didn't even know that i i that there was something i could do but having this meeting and having the assignments that my sponsor has given me, the suggestions that she's given me and me having the willingness to follow them to the best of my ability um, and learning the principles behind the steps has just been just tremendously comforting and so inspirational. So I'm so very grateful and for newcomers on the line, just just keep coming back. That's the one thing I've done right all these years. I appreciate it. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jane C.
12: Um
0: Carrie K. you're up next, followed by Sherry K. B. Hi,
12: good morning everyone. This is Carrie
2: Kay. Uh thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, is it, this is Carrie, right? Oh, I thought you said Sherry KB. Okay, Sorry. yes, uh, Sherry, you're up after Carrie
2: K. Okay, sounded I'm
0: Sorry. And, and Carrie K, are you there?
12: I am. I was just busy talking over Sherry KB, so I thought. I'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please go ahead, Carrie. Thank you. So this is Carrie K in Colorado, and it's so interesting to me to hear all the different perspectives including that listed in Bill's story. So when I first looked into the OA program and saw the talk about God and and looking to God, um, it set me away from the room because I'm an atheist. And I found that to be very triggering, just as I'm sure somebody who believes in the traditional God would find the word atheist very triggering. And it's taken quite a while for me to to accept that whatever we call our higher power, it really doesn't matter. You can call it God, you can call it Richard, you can call it higher power. It's it's really what connects us that matters, not the word we use to describe that. And my sponsor worked a very long time with me on this and, and put up with a lot of discourse from me until maybe, Three or four months ago, I was really able to connect with my higher power, which is very different than my sponsor's higher power, but that's okay. Because realizing that we cannot do this alone, that Bill could not do this on his own, we need the guidance and strength of a higher power. Again, call it God, call it Richard, call it nature. As long as we are willing to connect, I think that's what brings us the serenity we need to find recovery. That's all I wanted to say and with that I'll pass. And now it's Sherry KB's turn.
2: You're right. Sherry K B followed by Leslie W.
5: Please go
0: ahead, Sherry.
2: Good morning again. This is Sherry K B in Northern California. Um very grateful recovered compulsive reader. Um, you know, I, I just the worldly clamors, the prejudices, the scales of pride. Um, the willingness to, uh, humbly have him with me, um, and the worldly clamors, all of that, um, you know, even when I was in the rooms of OA, there were worldly clamors going on because I did use OA for many years as, a uh, a diet with group support, um, and I wasn't, I didn't think that what you had was what I really needed, and I had a lot of prejudices within OA, um that, you know, I that got in the way. And the truth is, is that what really got in the way was my pride and prejudices of not getting in this book and working the steps. That's where my pride and prejudices really lied, as well as the worldly clamors of my ideas and my um, dishonesty, selfishness, um, inconsiderate, self-seeking, all of that, all those clamors in my head. And, you know, I really got struck that, you know, for years I didn't think that my higher power had time for me to help me with my disease and um, couldn't help me. And that I realized just not too long ago that that was the voice of my disease telling me that my higher power didn't have time for me, that my higher power couldn't help me, that my higher power would not help me um, with with um, this disease. And, you know, that's so far from the truth. And that, that was my own prejudices. And and I'm, I'm just so grateful that I'm awake to this and that I had the spiritual experience by working these steps and that as long as I stay connected to my higher power, the worldly clamors are step away. But I have to do this every day um, because worldly clamors still come in. Um, and they always will. It's just that if I'm connected with my higher power, I stay unblocked. And um, the experience of feeling that nearness of my higher power is when I did the fifth step with my step guide. Um, after um, I had done my fifth step, I was left alone for an hour to think about and meditate on if there was anything else that I'd left out. And at that time I really felt that nearness of my higher power, and it opened a door for me. And, um, and I, I don't mean a burning bush or anything like that, but I felt a shift. And that's what's amazing are the, the steps and getting connected with a power greater than myself so that I don't, have to deal with the worldly clamors by myself, um, that I have a skill set that I can use. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you,
13: Sherry K.B. Leslie W., you're up next, followed by Mary H. Thank you so much for your service. This is Leslie W., recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. <clears throat> I get up every morning, um, I try to get up every morning. At five, so that five a m so that I can feel the presence of God before my eight year old and three year old uh little clamors <laughs> wake up uh and my day gets started um at six thirty a m you know um uh, I have to be in full mommy mode um and you know, I really need that time with God uh, in the morning before that happens because it it doesn't take much for me to get restless, irritable, and discontent sometimes. Um, and if I'm not spiritually connected to God, I may not feel his presence with me 24-7, but I do have to have that connection. I do have to to at least at some point in my day have that connection with him to know that um just to feel that love and to know that I am taken care of um and to 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 know that that this life is not um you know up to me um it's not up to me how other people behave or what other people do or what other people say i'm responsible for myself um even my children <laughs> you know i can try i can try to force them to do things but um i quickly learned that that it that they they also <laughs> have a mind of their own and uh, there's a difference between um, caretaking and loving, being loving and kind and, and setting, setting healthy boundaries with them and taking care of their needs and being controlling um, of every single thing that they do. So, you know, for me it's a fine line sometimes um, between uh, taking action and doing the right thing and taking and taking my will. So I really really need that connection. I really need to to hear from God and have God direct me and tell me what the next right thing is to do because it's it's so easy for me to pick pick that will up and start doing things the way I think they should do they should be done and start telling people things um, that they should be doing. And Some to remind you know, thank you and I have no business doing that so uh, I'm thankful that I have that connection today that the food is down and that I can feel the presence of God in my life today and with that I pass
0: thank you Leslie W Mary H will be our last share for today please go ahead
14: okay good morning this is Mary H a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California and oh, this is just such powerful stuff i um I didn't want God before I came into o a and as and even coming into the rooms, I thought, "Oh no, I have to do this God thing and I had obviously a lot of preconceived notions about what God was, very similar to what bill had and this is just such a crucial part of, I think, the development of AA when Ebby tells him, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And everything flips for Bill. And Where I think what was going on was Ebby came from a more of a Christian-based um, conception and Bill was struggling with that. But when Ebby said that, it helped open the doors for him. And I have the same feeling, too. I, I noticed that, <clears throat> excuse me, in steps 3 and 11, which I didn't really notice as much before, in italics, after the word God, it's emphasized that as we understood him. So two times, even in those even in the twelve steps that are on the wall it's reminding us that we can have we have our own conception of God, and that was really, really important for me because uh, I had other conceptions that i couldn't accept <clears throat> and I also had this shift where I decided that I think I have to have this god thing i'm I'm in trouble i'm sinking i'm drowning i'm I'm being strangled by this disease that I have, and this program is telling me it's a spiritual solution, so maybe i I need to explore that and Thank God I did literally um I love how gentle they talk about coming to believe that I only need to be willing to to uh, you know explore it and in the end of We Agnostics, that word, actually there's a sentence, when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. So it's it's more of an invitation. It's I'm not being forced to believe. I'm, I can just be open. I can just have a desire, and that's enough. And for me to go from not wanting God at all, fiercely not wanting God at all, just to having a desire to know God was all that I needed and and um, what a difference that made.
0: And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Mary H. And thank you to everybody who shared. <clears throat> Excuse me. We will now transition the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164 and will Mary H. please read A Vision for You. Okay. It's me again.
14: Here we go. So our book